Hi, Dave Kovar here, and welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. And today's title is The Power of Discipline. And this is something we've touched on in past podcasts, and this is probably not a new concept to any of you. However, I want to go through it in a bit of detail, and we're going to talk about five different disciplines. And these roughly uh, come loosely based on the work of a gentleman named Stuart Wilde, who is a an author uh, that's written several books that I find really interesting. Now, if you look him up and follow him, he's a little bit out there. So he's kind of an irreverent Deepak Chopra. But some of his earlier work has just, for me, been really valuable. And uh, so what I want to kind of talk about now, first and foremost, is I'm going to ask you all a question. And the question is, who is the boss of you? Now, you know, the other thing, I remember one time... you know, seeing a kid riding a tricycle and some a parent was trying to, you know, calm him down and they said, you're not the boss of me. Well, I think it's a really good question. So the answer firsthand is, well, call your own, you're your own boss, right? Well, are you? And what I mean by that is, is, are you in control? Is your higher self, your better self in control or is your ego in control, right? And are your whims in control? Here's what I mean. If you have a low level of personal discipline, what happens is, um, that means you basically, you're at the whims of your hunger, right? Every time you're hungry and you see a piece of chocolate cake, you're going to eat it. You have no control over yourself almost, right? Or if you don't have really good like emotional discipline, then you're at the whims of everybody else's emotion around you, right? And, and so, uh, the bottom line is, is that the more you have, uh, what control, right? Discipline over your life, the more freedom you have. And I want to make the comparison of a, of someone that has, has a well-trained dog. And someone that has a well-trained dog, by the way, my, my dog, uh, we had to put her down a while back and it was a hard thing. And, but nevertheless, my dog, it was, my dog was awesome, except I never spent the time to really, uh, train, have my dog trained really well. And because of that, when I took her to the park, which quite frankly, I'm not proud to say was very rarely because she was hard to control. I had to keep her on a leash. I couldn't let her do her thing because she didn't have the discipline. I hadn't disciplined her so she, I couldn't, I couldn't let her run freely. But if someone has a really well-trained dog, what happens? happens is, is that gives that dog a lot of freedom because they can take him out to the park and, and uh, you know, they know that at any time they can just whistle and their dog is going to come and sit right next to him, right? So we should have that same level of discipline over ourselves. And how do we do it? Well, we, we start small. We start with little things, right? If, if our discipline isn't where we want, we make some very short-term uh, realistic goals for ourselves that we can we know we're going to be successful with. And over time, we can step it up. And so what I wanted to do is, and I call it, you know, voluntary deprivation. And that is sometimes you just simply ask yourself to do something uh, just because, just to show who the boss is, so to speak. And one of the things, actually, the, the author uh, of, of uh, that I was referring to, Stuart Wilde, once that time said that he got up at four in the morning every day for a year and he moved a pile of rocks in his backyard from pile A to pile B. And the next morning, he'd do the same thing. And the whole point was is to show that he was in the bo- he was in control. He was the boss, right? And uh, I totally get it. I mean, it makes complete sense. And so I, I often will try to do, I will do little things just out of principle, just to show that I'm the boss, right? Now, I want you to understand that there's a big difference between having discipline and having rules, Right, rules are generally something that 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 you impose or is opposed upon you or someone else, 
having disciplines is something that you take on happily knowing it's going to make you stronger and in better control in the long run. So a real significance difference. So the five types of discipline I want to talk about today and give you some ideas as how you can apply each of these is physical discipline, emotional discipline, mental discipline, philosophical discipline, and spiritual discipline. And so to start out with, let's talk about, usually this is the first one is the one we think of, and that is physically physical discipline. What am I referring to there? I'm referring to things such as, uh, you know, what can you do physically? Now, classic example is exercise. Now, we all know, pretty much everybody knows the value of exercise and know we should be doing it. At the end of the day, a lot of people, it's very easy to come up with excuses as to why uh, you know, you don't exercise, right? Um, this last week, I was I was uh, on the road. I was uh, in several different hotel rooms doing seminars, basically for six days in a row, and travel. And I'll tell you what, it's really easy to make the excuse that you don't have time to exercise, right? And I almost bought into it a couple of times. And by the way, if that happens once every once in a while, like I gave myself permission one day not to exercise, but I gave myself permission the day before. Besides that, if I make a commitment to it, I do my best to do it. Well, what do I do? It might be, uh, oh man, every time you think about doing push-ups, do, t- do 10 push-ups. It's amazing how quickly you can get 100 push-ups out of the way, right? If you've kind of, if you've disciplined yourself, decide I'm going to stay with it. So what I would strongly encourage you is first off, if you don't have some form of exercise discipline in, in routine right now. As you guys have heard me say before, my my father's quote, my favorite from him is a little something's better than a lot of nothing, right? Literally, you can do a lot. Try doing squats. Uh, if you have a minute off, you all have a minute. Try doing squats for a minute and then do that 10 times throughout the day. The next day, try to do push-ups for a minute and then 10 times throughout the day. You'll see very quickly, you can get a lot done in a short period of time. We all have the time to exercise. Now, if you have an injury, you friggin' work around it. You find a way to do something, right? Just if nothing else, just to just to show who the boss is. If all you can do is one arm curls with your left arm because everything else beat up, then that's what you do. But you keep the discipline going. Because right? remember, motivation follows action. If you can stay in the routine, it's a lot easier. The next thing you do is when it comes to uh, maybe our, our nutrition, how many of us have said, oh yeah, I just, I, I just, I'm just a foodie. I just love to eat. Like, like that, that's an excuse, right? Like, like that's all you, that, that's you. So I, every, most everybody loves to eat, but having discipline over what you consume is massive. Now remember, and that is, is one of the first and foremost is, is that when you're looking at the, if you're thinking about eating something, you know, you shouldn't, right? One of the, 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 things that I like is the mantra, being healthy and fit feels better than that taste. Looking at that piece of chocolate cake that you told yourself that you weren't going to have before you went to the party, you said, I'm not going to have any junk when I go to this party because it's not my day to have junk, right? It's only Thursday and I don't eat junk on Thursday. I wait until the weekends. And then you show up and you see that piece of chocolate cake and you go, oh, I deserve it. I exercise and all this. Well, guess what? You're going to lose out. But if you look at that chocolate cake and you think, you know what? Being healthy and fit feels better than that tastes. All of a sudden, it, it's amazing how this can get you to have control and, and strength over. No longer does that chocolate cake have control over you. Remember, who is the boss of you? Is that chocolate cake the boss of you? Or are you the boss of you? Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have chocolate cake. I'm just saying have it less often in, in, in smaller portions, right? That's really you know where you want to be with it to the best of your abilities. So number next to think about with this is that I would strongly encourage, and by the way, please don't take my, don't do this on my word, go see a, a specialist, a doctor or something to get approval, but I would strongly encourage you if you've never done it to do a fast. 
And it's amazing what happens when you tell yourself, you know what, I'm not going to eat today. Now, actually, a 24-hour fast is really is really quite easy. Basically, what that means is you skip breakfast and, and lunch is really all it means. By the way, of course, stay really hydrated when you do this. But I have several times done a, a you know, a, a five-day juice fast where all I'm doing is, is drinking, uh, you know, fruit and vegetable juices. There's lots of different versions of it, but uh, of doing it. But what the thing is, there's so many different levels why this is good. First off, you can just feel that, you know, you know, your body's working hard to stay healthy and you're putting all this crap in it. And, and man, you know, when you free it up to where it's not spending all its time trying to digest a bunch of junk, it's amazing how much better you will feel, right? But here, I think here's the other significant thing about this. What I find really valuable uh, about uh, fasting is that it recalibrates your taste buds. So one time I did a 35-day raw, just fresh fruits and vegetables for 35 straight days. And, uh, it was it was really interesting process and and uh, I found it man that my energy level went sky high it was crazy how much energy level I had by the way uh, I eventually you know my my body was craving things but guess what it was craving it was craving like just the brown rice <laughs> you know it was craving lentils it wasn't craving chocolate you know chocolate chip cookie dough fudge ice cream right and what's interesting is by fasting it recalibrates your taste buds to where simply a, a piece of steamed broccoli with no butter or cheese all of a sudden tasted heavenly right so what happens is sometimes our taste buds get so out of whack uh, that 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 this is a way to kind of even the playing field so if you've never done it I strongly encourage you do your research on it but consider doing a fast you talk about when you get when you commit to the, for, for not eating any solid food for three days you're just going to drink liquids uh, for three days I'll tell you what when you finish that you feel like you can accomplish anything because you showed that you were the boss of you not your ego not your taste buds not not anything else your control and, it, and it's amazing how powerful that would be so that's the first discipline physical discipline okay and there's a couple ideas of what you might be able to do with that so the next discipline that I want to talk about is emotional discipline. Now, emotional discipline has to do with the importance of of trying to stay even keel. So some of you guys might have heard this quote before. It's one of my favorite. Maybe you heard it. I'm sure I've brought it up on a podcast before, and that is, who is a mighty person? And the answer to that is one who has control of their emotions and can make friends of their enemies. Let me say that again. One who has control of their emotions and can make friends of their enemies, right? And the bottom line is that doesn't mean, you know, having control of your emotions doesn't mean that you're, don't, you don't get angry, you don't become afraid or, or upset or anything like that. It just means that you, you keep yourself from doing foolish things when you're in that state, right? And so emotional discipline is, is doing your best not to get sucked into the negativity of, uh, that, that is around you, right? So there is inherent in, in, in the kind of the, the group, you know, when you're around a bunch of people, there's this, we kind of tend to get uh, sucked into this kind of scarcity mentality, right? All of a sudden we... Uh, 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 people are, and it's natural. Like, like all of a sudden, if there's a, if, if you, there's a, a, a table that has a bunch of yellow t-shirts on it and you can have them for free, right? They're giving them away. It's an ugly yellow t-shirt. You don't have any interest in it. But if all of a sudden you realize that there's a limited number of those and if you don't get it right now, you better get one. All of a sudden you're, you're pan, you're over there trying to go for that shirt, right? Because we got kids into this kind of group psyche of negativity that's just, that's around us, unfortunately. So the key thing is next you find yourself becoming 
thing like like uh, going down the wrong path emotionally, try to nip it in the bud. Now, there was a great TV show, and I'm totally dating myself now, uh, the Andy Griffith show that, that I think it aired from like 1959 or 60 to the mid-60s. And there's a character in there, Don Knotts, that played the part of Barney Fife. He's one of my all-time favorite TV characters. And, and I'll tell you what's really interesting. Every now and then I'll I'll, I'll pick up an episode, you know, on TV, and it's it's timeless. It's still classic. And, but Barney Fife had this line, all the data say, nip it in the bud, right? That was his deal, right? But there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, and there's a concept uh, uh, that, that, uh, that when it comes to, like, becoming emotional distraught, like if you have a little kid that's becoming emotionally distraught, that's about to have a temper tantrum, there's a phrase, kill the monster when it's young. And what that means is, is if you can catch, and you all know this, if you're a parent or a teacher, you know this, if you can catch somebody before they get too wound up, then you can keep that from 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 happening. Well, the same thing is true if you're when you're with yourself, right? Because what happens is once you start getting wound up, your 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 head goes to the wrong place, and you start asking all these negative questions that are only going to magnify your 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 energy, right? So. Uh, how do you, you know, what, how do you do? What do you, how do you do this? Well, you use everyday adversity as a way to develop mental toughness. Like I travel a lot and I'll tell you what, in the airport, there's always something that's going on. The other day, uh, I was actually um, coming back from from uh, the East Coast. I was in Newark, New Jersey, and uh, I'm flying back to Sacramento. It's one of the few flights that was direct. It was supposed to leave at 7 in the evening, and it's like a 5-hour and 40-minute uh, uh, flight. And uh, I'm just excited because I'm going to get back the same same day. I'm excited. We hop on the plane, and what do you know? By the time we, uh, we took off, there was... Uh, Three hours on the tarmac due to several issues that they had. Three hours before we even took off, before we took off on this five-hour and 40-hour trip. You do the math. That's a long time to be on a plane. The guy sitting next to me had not showered for a really long time. Uh, there was two or three babies that were, like, like really having a hard time. And bless their heart, they are just doing their best, right? But they are crying up a storm. There was a, a, almost a fist fight between two ladies a, a couple seats up from me. The tension was just crazy high. And I'll tell you what, I was starting to join in the fray. I was like starting to lose it as well, like, you know, be getting a little agitated. And then, then I thought to myself, this is a chance for me to work on my emotional discipline because being angry and upset does not help this situation. It's amazing how just being mindful of that kind of drew me back in, right? So I, what did I do? I take a breath, remind myself, okay, this is a chance to work on your emotional composers, composure, right? You know, did you try to try to keep your center? And just being aware of that alone is, is, is such an important thing. Now, the other thing about this is a lot of times we become emotional and because we see change happening and we're not excited about change, right? Things are going different and sometimes that can grab us. And I think it's important to understand that change happens all the time. That's one of the few things that we can count on is things that are going to be different, right? And but that's okay. You know, if you, if you learn the concept of going with the flow, right? Just kind of rolling with the punches as much as you possibly can. It sounds easy, but but I tell you what, when you're mindful of it, uh, it, it and you really try, it, it makes it a lot easier than it would have otherwise. And you know, it's important. Uh, I think it's a um, uh, it's an Arab proverb is that you don't you never step in the same river twice, which means. Man, you can go to the same place, but the water is different. Things change all the time. And so how do you develop emotional discipline? Once again, you find little things that happen on a regular basis that would normally irritate you and try to deal with those, right? Try to be calm, take a breath, and be even keel. And when you do that, man, all of a sudden you're in a situation where others aren't going to be able to steal your joy. They're not going to steal your happiness because you are, you know, you're working on being centered and keeping your centered. Easy to do, heck no, but certainly worthy of the challenge. 
So the third discipline is mental discipline. And mental discipline, what the heck does that mean, right? Well, what it basically means is you try not to overthink things, right? So often, when if we spend too much time in our head, what happens is we spend a lot of time worrying about the future, future pacing, where things are. And, you know, uh, think about this for a minute. Uh, crisis in the Middle East, uh, unrest in various countries, uh, uh, all over the world, uh, there is demonstrations going on, uh, gas prices incredibly high, uh, tensions amongst our allies high. Sound familiar? Well, guess what? What, what, I was, what I was thinking of right now was watching the news with my dad in 1971. Right. Sounds the same as today. Right. Well, there's always going to be an issues. And I'm not telling you that, you know, we shouldn't be concerned about what's going on. Right. And uh, that we shouldn't you know be proactive in trying to make the world a better place. I'm saying there's always going to be challenges. Right. And the best thing we can do is not overthink it. And because when you worry about the future, uh, that's a waste of time. And, and, and if you spend time, you know, Beating yourself up for past, you know, things you did wrong, that's a waste of time as well. And, and the key thing is try to be in the moment. Easy to say, hard to do, right? But one of the things to, to, to be in the moment is, is that literally, uh, there, there's several different things that you can do to do this, right? Um, but if you spend too much time in your head, Try to feel things. What do I mean by that? Some of you guys may have heard of a gal. Her name is Marie Kondo. She's got a Netflix special. It's like on tidy up or tidying, and and she's this gal uh, that 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 goes into people's houses and 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 she helps them kind of clean up their house. And her quote, and I love this quote, is she she tries to have people have have spark joy. And what that means is is it like when when she has you clean out your closet, what you, what she has you do is she takes all your clothes in your closet and throw them on the bed and pick up each one and hold on to it and ask does. Does it spark joy? Yes or no? If it does, keep it. If it doesn't, get rid of it. That's kind of her, her philosophy. Do you do the same thing with books? And, and, and it's really uh, incredible how powerful the, the whole drill is, right? Uh, but what this does is that it forces you to kind of be in the moment, right? When you're trying to feel things, right? Uh, uh, it, it forces you, it kind of brings you into the present focus. Uh, uh, and so, if you if you spend too much time in your head, it's you'll tend to find fault with everything in almost every case. And you guys all know someone that's super smart, super intellectual. And often my experience has been, and that's a great, there's nothing, it's a blessing to be intelligent, right? But sometimes if, if that intelligence is not tempered with a sense of optimism, what you'll find is someone that's kind of tainted by life and, and, and someone that's, that's kind of finding the negativity everywhere. So the other thing about mental bliss, discipline is to, you know, focus on the blessings that surround you. You know, it, it sounds obvious, right? Uh, but mentally means using your head. Well, use your head to focus on the right things and focusing on the blessings around you, man, can make incredibly big difference. And, and we have a, a phrase, a phase in our bow. There's a three part bow that we do in our martial arts schools. And the first one, the hands come together in a praying fashion. It means, you know, I, I hope for peace. Then both hands op- open fingertips, a finger and uh, a, a index finger and thumb touching both palms facing out. And that stands for, I look for the good in people and in situations and blocking out other things. And so you try to look for the good in a situation. And then, honestly, how do you do this? You ask yourself the right questions. And what I mean by that is... Is that if you if you ask yourself this question, boy, what's wrong with the world, right? Well, guess what? There's going to be a lot of things that can pop into your head, or you know. But what I like to do when I have a challenge is I like to ask the question, uh, have the form the, the the challenge that I have, put it in the form of a question that assumes there's an answer. And we've touched on this before. What do I mean by that? 
right? And that is, is that let's just say you're having a really hard time saving money. You're, you got two jobs and you're, you've got a kid in school and then, uh, you know, somebody else has a big hospital bill and, you know, you just think to yourself, how am I ever going to get caught up? You know, boy, well, that question is not the right question. What could you say is what's the best way that I can save money in spite of the fact that I'm having to work two jobs and I have a lot of bills and a child at school. Now what happens is it gets your unconscious to work on possible solutions. Maybe there's none, but if there is one, you're more likely to find it if you have the mental discipline to ask yourself the appropriate question, right? A challenge happens, it comes up, something happens, man. You all of a sudden, you, uh, 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 you know, you run out of gas on the freeway. That's no fun, right? And by the way, if you're if you were using your head, you would not have let that happen, right? You would have made sure to stop and get gas. But that's why uh, I'd like to say, in some ways, I'm, I'm I'm I've got a little more common sense than I used to because when I it seemed like when I was a teenager in the early twenties, I was almost always nearly running out of gas and and uh, or running out of gas, right? But then, as the phrase goes, good judgment comes from bad judgment remembered, right? And hopefully, over time, I've learned that's no fun, right? But so what do you do? Is you, you you think to yourself, okay, you know, how can I minimize, you know, how, how can I uh, minimize this uh, this challenge, or you know, what's the best thing that can happen from this situation? In other words, focus on on something that how I can benefit from the situation. How can I use these few minutes waiting for the tow truck to show up in a wise fashion? So maybe there's a way, maybe there's not. But if you ask yourself the right question, man, you're more likely to get a good answer. So uh, from this position, uh, the, the, the thing I'd also want to, to mention from when it comes to, the, to uh, mental discipline is not to take yourself too seriously. At the end of the day, you know, if, if we can have a sense of uh, humor about all this stuff, then, uh, you know, that, that makes a big difference. All right, the next discipline is the philosophical discipline. What the heck does that mean? Well, you know, it's the way, it's kind of the, our outlook on life, right? If it's really complicated, then, man, you're going to have a bunch of, it's, it's going to, I'd like to see having, I personally want to try to keep a really easy philosophy on life. And what is that? Um, you know, I try to follow the golden rule, do unto others as, as, they, as you would have them do unto you, right? And that is, is what can I do? How can I, basically, you know, how can I be of service is a great way to look at things. You try to keep it simple. And the next thing is, is that if your mindset is to not judge others, you decide, you know, whatever everybody else is doing, if you're going to own their energy, if you're going to all of a sudden you see someone walking down the street and, and they've got less than you or more than you, and you start judging them from where they're at, what's happening is you're taking yourself out of, you're, you're, you're losing control, right? But, but when you have a philosophical discipline, what it basically means is, is that you, uh, Huh. You don't you don't pass judgment on others, right? As it, it, Don Miguel Ruiz in his book The Four Agreements talks about, make no assumptions, take nothing personally, and that's kind of what we're talking about here, right? It's just kind of the bottom line is just you're just running your own race, man. Don't judge others. Try not to blame others because anytime you 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 you, you spend time casting blame in other directions, it's what you're saying is you're not in control. So philosophically, just, you know, you kind of got to own your own life. You are where you are as that, that samurai maxim is bloom where planted, bloom where planted. I love that line. And what that basically means is wherever you plant, do the best you can. And the whole deal is you want to try to be like a weed, not like weed, but like a weed. And what does that mean? Hey man, a weed, wherever, it, wherever it's planted, it just, you know, wherever it might be, it just grows as proud as it can right from there. Right. If someone walks over and steps it, what does it do? It does its best to stand up straight again. Right. 
So wherever you are, you just gotta do the best you can with that situation, okay? And other things with philosophically, what I try to do or not to do is I try not to win arguments. I try not to be in arguments, but anytime you try to win an, an argument, then what happens is you're competing with others at some level. So just decide not to compete. Let, let others have their way. Unless it's something that's moral or safety issue that you gotta take care of, right? And another thing, philosophically, do the best you can not to offer your opinion where it isn't wanted. Because if you give someone your opinion and they ask for it, in nearly every case, they're not going to hear it. Now, I want to give you a little little uh, uh, thing. If you guys have parents of teenagers or young adults, uh, I've got a strategy for giving your opinion you might find valuable. And I kind of stumbled across this. So I have two great kids. They're, they're Currently, they are 21 and 24. And my son, 24, he's a good guy and he'll listen to me. But sometimes, you know, he didn't want to hear the lecture. So what I found I'll do, I'll go, I'll go hey, Alex. You know what? He's got some issue he's going through. You know what you ought to do? And he'll go, and he'll kind of roll his eyes. And you're like, oh, what are you going to tell me now, Dad? Oh, never mind. Never mind. It's okay. I I don't want to bug you. I'm always giving you advice. And I'll start to walk away. And inevitably go, no, wait, wait. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? I go, no, really? Do you want me to hear it? Do you really want to hear it? Yeah, I want to hear it. And all of a sudden... He's open and receptive to his input. But one of the things like uh, like I, I eat, I'm, I'm like 99% plant-based in my, in my uh, eating habits, right? Every now and then there might be something that has some, some dairy or some egg in it, although I, I try to avoid it as much as possible. And I'm not telling anybody else should eat, but that's just how I eat, right? And often I'll be at a restaurant and inevitably, I never say anything, but it'll, it'll come up because when I travel a lot, I've got a host, we go to the restaurant and, um, and wherever, wherever you go, I can always find something to eat right but sometimes I'm just ordering if I if someone takes me to like a Friday's or a, or a Applebee's or a Red Robin or something like that I'm, I'm usually that's not my first choice that for my style of eating but I can I can find something I'll order off the side menu right and inevitably someone say you know they'll say something about uh, you know, uh, you know what? Uh, don't you eat meat? And I go, nah, man. I'm not much of a meat eater. And then they'll start grilling me on questions. Really? Are you a vegetarian? Are you a vegan? And all that kind of stuff. And I don't like those labels. I just eat how I eat, right? But it happens to not really involve a lot of, or or any any meat. But here's the deal. Inevitably, they'll ask me why. And the first thing I'll tell them is. Do you really want to know why? Or are you just asking? Because if you if you really want to know, I'll be happy to uh, uh, to share with you. Uh, um, however, I've got some pretty strong opinions on it. Um, however, if you don't want to hear it, because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pass judgment on what you're eating. I'm just eat the way I eat because it works for me. And usually, what I'll get is someone that will back off, uh, or they'll really want to hear, and then they're open and receptive to my input. And when when I if and when you have an a a philosophical dif- difference than somebody else. Do the best you can not to vilify the other people because there's no winning to that. I have a friend who tends to be extremely um, outspoken with his political views to the point to where uh, he he alienates, he basically picks a side so strong that uh, he makes the other side the enemy. And, and I think the challenge with this is is that when you do that, uh, there's no when there's no middle ground. All you're doing is you're just making the trench deeper between sides, and that's really not going to work, right? That's really not going to be helpful. So, you, you, if philosophically, if you try not to villainize, you know, the, someone that you're on the opposite end of the table with, man, and you and you try to, to seek for middle ground, that's a great thing. The last discipline is spiritual discipline. 
what the heck does spiritual discipline means. Now, now it means different things for different people. So uh, for me, it's, it's really trying to really work on being in the flow. What does that mean, being in the present moment? Uh, you know, there's a Japanese tea ceremony. There's a phrase that goes, Ichigo Ichi-e. And roughly translated, Ichigo Ichi-e means one chance, one encounter. And that means there's never going to be another day like this. There's never going to be a moment like this. Live it to its fullest, right? And and so the concept with, with this is, is that in general, to keep your spiritual discipline strong, that if you can just simply, it sounds easy, it sounds simple, but it's not necessarily easy, is to try to be humble and grateful. Try to be humble and grateful, right? And then put your spirit into everything. And so how can you do this? Well, you know, the other things are, you know, uh, is that first and foremost, to have empathy towards others, I think it really has to do, the, the easiest way to do that is understand that everybody, the human experience, people, everybody has a hard time, man. You know, I, I could tell you right now, we've got some challenges going on in our family and there's some stuff that I got to deal with, right? There's no doubt, as do you, and as does everybody else listening to this podcast, right? Uh, that's why my, one of my favorite quotes comes from, it was attributed to Plato, I believe, and it's be kind with whom you meet for they are fighting a hard battle, right? And when you realize, hey man, that's, that's people are struggling out there, right? And it's hard, then what that does, that naturally makes you more empathetic to others. And and people will feel their your empathy when you when you when you uh, as Stephen Covey says seek first to understand and then to be understood when you can really feel where someone's coming from what happens is is they're more likely and receptive to hear where you're coming from as well so that and, and when you when you put your spirit in everything you do man it just changes things and how can you get in the habit well for me it's about three things it's it's prayer meditation and affirmation i try to spend time in all three daily right and prayer for me what is that that's me talking to god right that's me reaching out to you know to the, to the universe to to, uh, to to kind of ask for guidance and, and try to connect myself with the with the positive rhythms that are gonna uh, gonna help things to unfold in a, in a good way for uh, my life and the people in my life and and affirmation is really I have a series of affirmations that I say daily that I try to do with spirit. And to me, it's kind of like I'm trying to adjust my radio frequency to kind of uh, be open and receptive to you know the positive things that come our way, right? And and so so often, just when you there's so many I find so many values in affirmations. It, it reminds me what's important. It it keeps me, uh, you know, it, it keeps me kind of focused on on what's important in my goals. So I'm more likely to to follow through with things that I may have not followed through with otherwise if I hadn't been using those affirmations. And uh, finally, uh, meditation. And in my mind, meditation is, is when you quietly sit and you look for, uh, and, and you're basically, you're not looking for inspiration, but it's amazing when you really can, can find your center, how uh, I've been able to ask at the beginning of meditation that I have some big challenge that I'm trying to deal with. And when I calmly ask a question, ask for an answer, and then I just do my breathing, I just do a meditation, how quickly or how often I should say an uh, answer, you know, comes back in. So it's kind of like, you know, prayer is me talking to God and meditation is God talking to me. That's kind of the way I look at it. So I would challenge you. Uh, to uh, to really look at the level, your level of discipline. By the way, some people might be really disciplined in one area. They might be really physically disciplined, but maybe they're not very mentally disciplined or they might be not very spiritual to be disciplined. But I would challenge you to take a look at the, which one, first off, which one are you good at? I'm going to go through them again. Physical discipline, emotional discipline, mental discipline, 
philosophical discipline and spiritual discipline. So which one are you good at? Which one should you go, yeah, I do that pretty good? If, if, if you've got one, man, keep it going. And which one of you, which one of those disciplines when we were talking about today was one that you go, you know, I could be better at that. I, I really need to spend some time. And I would challenge you to really focus on that one and then find some daily discipline that you can do that can help you strengthen that area. And if you can do that, man, the sky's the limit. So I appreciate you being and uh, staying tuned. If you're still here after this whole podcast, I appreciate it. And if you have friends that could benefit, please share this podcast with others. And with that said, I'm going to sign off. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye.